Hi, welcome to the Business Vitality Podcast. I am your host, Katherine Canty. You can learn more about me and my team at KatherineCanty.com. For more than two decades, I have been able to travel the country and help other people grow their business. From those experiences, I was able to work with a proposal team that generated success 90% of the time for over a decade. We have created a leadership coaching program that is creating 100% measured results as seen by the leaders, peers, and stakeholders. And finally, I have spent nearly a decade in boardrooms, corporate boardrooms, where we are learning what's working and what's not. And more importantly, we're able to take the communication from the boardroom and get it down to the front line so execution is easier to implement. You know, from all these experiences, we created a framework called Business Vitality. These are all of the best practices of leaders and and opportunities that have been coming up decade after decade. And a lot of this stuff has been in practice for more than 20 years, 30 years and beyond. And what we're learning is a lot of these folks that are remaining vital in business today are having to think differently. And to share a quote from one of my CEOs that I've worked with in the past, he told me all day long he can hire folks, but what he needs more of are people who think outside the box. So in an effort to pay it forward and celebrate successes, we are going to be sharing stories of leaders who are thinking differently and remaining vital in business today. Please stick to the end and we will share how you can be a guest on the show. And thanks so much for being here. Steve Carl, you are the CEO and co-founder of Be Found Online, found on the web at BeFoundOnline.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Catherine, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed uh, our pre-chat, so we'll just have to continue the uh, conversation. But before we begin on some of those um, pre-chat conversations continuing, um, tell me a little bit high level, what is Be Found Online? What are you doing there? Be Found Online is a boutique digital marketing agency. What we like to say is we are adept at acquiring traffic. We identify audiences and we acquire traffic through any and all paid media channel, as well as organic and SEO and content marketing. Fantastic. So we kind of joked beforehand that we both spent a little bit of time in banking and, um, you know, there's, there could be life after banking and um, you've had tons of experiences that have kind of taken you down this interesting path. Do you mind kind of talking about, um, we were in banking at the same time and, but you um, just had some fun along the way that has led you to this. Do you mind kind of sharing some of those experiences and, and yeah. um, maybe a lesson learned along the way? Absolutely. So I found myself in banking when I was in school and I grew up in customer service and meddled my way, quite honestly, into becoming a, uh, a computer nerd before it was cool. I had friends who would call me at work and they wanted to go out on a Thursday night, right? And they'd say, hey, come on, Stephen, and hear keyboard clacking in the background, the old really loud keyboard. Dork, you're a dork, you're a nerd. And uh, I, was, I was a computer nerd before it was cool. And I, for, for a time, I thought I would be at the bank forever. But, you know, it's, it's maybe young and naive. And then I realized that there was more out there. There was more to the world. I loved the technology background the bank gave me. I loved working on systems and systems architecture, and it was a whole ton of fun. And then I moved on to the dot-com world because in banking, sort of, you, I woke up one day and said, you know, this is great, but I want more. I want to be more than a number in a very large bank. 
And so I jumped on the dot-com bandwagon and that lasted for about a year before the bubble. But that showed me just how energetic and fun an organization could be. I jumped into the ill-fated ourhouse.com and I still keep several relationships from our house. It was a wonderful environment. That was a wonderful sort of vibrant culture. You know, what we were doing just never sort of got off the ground. And then I went, I think I told you this, I went to little and middle America for a bit and I was still sort of doing tech. And I, I again, stumbled my way into digital marketing and I fell in love. And so I started working, not just owning websites and the technology, but working with developers and database architects and so forth to keep the websites up and running. So it was one of those where I found this new passion and I said, well, how do I explore that passion? And we were acquired in 2006 and I found myself liberated very soon thereafter. And I, I was faced with the question, what do I do now? <laughs> Two kids, mortgage, you know, the usual, what do I do now? And uh, it was my wife, my lovely wife, who, as I told you, in two days, we'll have been married 27 years. She said to me over breakfast, she said, well, just do it. And I looked at her and I said, what are you talking about? And I, I really had no idea. And she said, start the business. She said, you've been doing different things at night for years. Why don't you just start the business? I said, because I won't make any money. And, uh, <laughs> and she said, go ahead and start it. She said, I'd rather have you um, try it than be bitter at 50 years old. So she was really the, she was sort of pushed me into the water, but that was, that was the start of the journey. That was the start of the journey. There's a lot of fun along the way. The lesson that I take from that is get out of your own way and just start, just do something. Um, jump without a net just once and see how it feels. So just with that answer, I could take a couple of different questions. Um, one observation is having a good support system and making good decisions kind of early into life. And it sounded like you've got a good support system with your wife. And a lot of times when business and, and when opportunities come along, we got to have the support, not just at the office, but we got to have it at, at home. So um, I don't know if you want to say a few words on that, because that I think that's sometimes not always talked about in business, the importance of having the support. You are absolutely right. If it weren't for her in my corner, if she had been, if she had been less than 50% on, on my starting a business, it wouldn't have worked. There's no possible way it could have worked. And I'm sort of, you're in for a penny, in for a pound. And uh, Ari Weinswig always says, hey, if you're in for 50% or 51%, you're in for 100 because you're, you're in the majority. So it's this idea that if she weren't on my side, and I can't say she was on my side every day, but <laughs> overall, um, she was there to support and to just say, keep pushing, keep trying. And there was a time when you start a business and you're a solopreneur that you've got split horizons. This week, I'm going to look for a job. This week, I'm going to look for new contracts. And at some point, you realize that you're not catching either of those rabbits. So you have to make a decision. And she helped me with the decision to say, hey, listen, I know the business isn't doing great right now, but stop looking for a job for a while. And I looked at her funny. I'm like, wait, you told me to stop. Okay, I'll stop looking for a job. Last week, you, never, never mind. I'm going to take what I can get. And I, I dialed it in and stopped looking. And it's crazy just what focus can do when, uh, when you sort of dial it back and you try not to do so many things and you give yourself some space in between you and what you're trying to accomplish. The um, intentional focus, I think that's a game changer for pretty much anything in business because we, we want to please so many people and so many clients and I have found that when we really laser in and just know what we're good at, like that's where some really amazing success can come from. Do you want to talk about that? 
Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm guilty as charged in terms of, of too many shiny objects and chasing too many different things. In fact, even as an agency, and we've had trouble sort of saying who it is we want to work with and who we want to work for. And it's taken us years to finally sort of you know, put the flag in and decide who it is we want to be when we grow up. And at that, when you when you get to that, you can feel that and the team gets it too, then you can really start growing together. It's this, you know, it's the old idea of the, of the rowboat, right? You've got 10 people in a rowboat. If, if less than five are rowing in the, it, you know, I forget, I forget how the analogy goes, forgive me, but you know, you gotta be rowing in the same direction. Even if some people are taking a couple of cycles off, that's fine. But as long as the momentum is pulling the boat forward, you're great. And one person pulling the wrong way can send that boat very, very far, of course. Yeah. Earlier, you mentioned something about getting out of your own way. And I feel like, you know, just as, as we grow as leaders within organizations, no matter what size it is, we could be growing within a team, a department, um, the company, whatever it may be. You know, sometimes we kind of look back and you kind of wonder how are maybe how are people getting stuck? And, and it's easy for us probably to see other people, but it's hard for us to see ourselves when we can't get out of our own way. And I hear that as just a theme for leadership development. You know, we can only go as far as we're willing to go. And sometimes we just get in our own way. And, you know, how do you observe that? I'm curious to hear from your opinion. How do you observe that? What do you do? Um, what are your thoughts around that? Wow, I can take this a couple of different directions in terms of responding. So it's, I, I ask myself often, and I ask it of other people, are you the arsonist or the firefighter? And many times people say, oh my gosh, my hair's on fire. My hair's on fire. I got this and this and these things and that and everything going on. And I'll stop and ask the question. So how did we, how did we get here? And I'll find out that there was some dialogue that escalated that you sort of fed into like, well, you don't throw kerosene on the fire. You just sort of, you got to come in underneath there and, and work through that. Right. So it's this idea that sometimes the fires that we see are ones that we actually created. I don't know if it's out of this desire to be really, really busy or really, really important or be the chief fixing officer, but I had a, I had a major life event a couple of years ago that, um, completely changed my leadership dynamic. I, I've been to quote unquote leadership school. I've studied, um, I saw you did it, did Marshall Goldsmith's course. And, and I know you and Marshall are friends and I love Marshall Goldsmith and Michael Hyatt and several other people who I've um, listened to and, and read. And in, in my own journey, you know, we, we became an EOS company sort of several years ago. And this whole idea of letting go of the vine by Gina Wickman was, Hey, you know what? You need to give people the space to do their jobs. And I thought for sure before I was letting them do their jobs. And then when I took four months off to care for my wife, I, I separated myself from the business and I came back and I stopped meddling as much. And I didn't think I was meddling much before, but I stopped meddling as much. And the way the team has flourished and grown since I've gotten out of my own way and out of theirs, um, it's been amazing. It's been phenomenal to watch. So I, it sort of reinvigorated me in the business uh, about 18 months ago. So it sounds like sometimes things that are unexpected, not planned for, not asked for, they happen in life. It kind of forces us to, you know, take a different step and, and kind of follow that path for a little bit. And, um, you know, we'd, 
don't want the lesson learned. If you're anything like me, like I don't <laughs> want that lesson learned. I always say, can I just read it in a book? And can we count that as the lesson that I learned? But it, it, it doesn't always work that way. And so it's kind of like a, a way for you to take a step back. But when you came back into the business, like it just sounds like a game changer perception of like what you're seeing and how you're working with your team. Is that, is it, has it been that it has. It has. Impactful. It's, um, I've got, so I've, I've, I think we've all had, I, I've had many leadership coaches along the way and mm-hmm. business coaches along the way. And I've got a couple of notes on my, on my monitor over here. And, and the one that I lean on the most these days is ask more, tell less. And as much as I might have an answer, I can't guarantee it's the right answer or, but I'm willing to try, but instead of try now, I tend to put a question mark at the end of a lot of those sentences instead so that I can listen and learn from the team. And then I try to reflect back. Okay. So what, here's what I understand that you told me, is this the way you want to move forward? And I'll get a yes or no, or I'll get some, I'm not so sure. What do you think? And if if I'm asked a question directly, I'll, I'll try to support an answer, but I'll try to give a piece of it and then try to solicit more because I want everybody to become leaders everybody, everybody's a leader. We have to get up every day and make decisions. We put our pants on, we go catch a bus, we make a cup of coffee. We're leading our own lives. And it starts with self and and it goes back to emotional intelligence and starting with self that way. That's so fun. So it sounds like this ties into your recent, um, if I get this right, recommitment to going above and beyond to getting to know and appreciate your team. Yeah. I realized, and this is coming back, COVID had something to do with this because we were forced to be remote. We had an opportunity a few years back to close our office and go remote. And most of the team didn't like coming to an office anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I've refused to see that. Oh, come on, come to the office. It turns out that of the people coming to the office, 90% of them had managers who didn't live in Chicago. So we were asking people to come to an office three days a week and their bosses weren't there. Now, so their coworkers were there, but it just stopped making sense. And we didn't see it for what it was at the time. Oh, we want to be in the office. And I also realized, and this is, of course, hindsight. You say that life, life teaches you these things. That when we all went remote, how much I took for granted the remote folks. So we had happy hours in the office. Um, we tried to include remote folks at times. We bring them to Chicago once or twice a year, but it, it's not the same. So when I came back, I recommitted to doing the things I said I was going to do previously. I have a one-on-one with everybody in the company once a month, and I just block 20 minutes on the calendar and we can talk shop if you want to talk shop, but it's about getting to know each other. It's, it's, it's water cooler talk. It's how are the kids? How's football? How's baseball? Oh my gosh, you did karaoke. Your mom moved you onto the karaoke circuit when you were 12. What is this? You know, these things you learn about people and, and who, you know, the musical tastes, um, what they're doing this weekend, things like that. Um, those are the, those are the really cool things. And I believe that relationships build great businesses, whether it's with employees or with clients. And I was missing out on that. And in fact, we just had everybody in town a couple of weeks back and two of the ladies came up to me and said, Hey, Steve, you haven't made our last couple of one-on-ones. I look forward to those. Can you make sure we make the next one? And it would, Again, it was a shift. It was a mind shift. I said, thank you for the feedback and thank you for letting me know. And I went and because they all drifted apart on my calendar because of different things. I've squished all the one-on-ones into a couple of days and they're next week. And I'm so looking forward to those. 
there's a lot of gold in just a 20 minute conversation and um, having that, and it doesn't always have to be, you know, about work. It can, it can be about, you know, something that's outside of work, but it is a great way. I have found a great way for you to get to know talent that's in the organization. It's a great way for them to kind of be able to share. Um, and folks tend to think that I've talked with lately that, that this needs to be a huge time consuming a full hour of sit down time. And it's, it just becomes to something that's just totally, un, I mean, it's just not doable. What, what people, you know, they want to come in, they want to hit it hard. They want to have that hour with each employee because they want to build that relationship. And then I'm looking at time management aspect. I'm like, how are you going to even schedule this much time? And you don't even have free time. You're already complaining about the firefighter or the arsonist. And we already had that conversation. So you don't even have time right now. Mm -hmm. And you're going to add another, you know, six to 10 hours to your month. And they're like, oh, wait, that, that may not work. So, um, so when you have, you know, I think this is a great example. People are, are wanting to do this. What's kind of an easy way to get into do you start it out as, as 20 minutes? Do you have um, kind of like an agenda or a couple of questions that you like to ask? What, is, what does it look like? It's interesting. Uh, I just flat out booked 20 minutes on everybody's calendar and I try to be super respectful. I told them it was coming. And oh, I that's said, let's important. go to it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, guess if, what? <laughs> if the boss is reaching out and he needs 20 minutes, that's scary because our, exactly our brains it. are just going to like, oh, oh, no. lonely <laughs> walk. I'll be back. <laughs> right. You got a box for me? Not again. Um, So I let everybody know it was during, we have a bi-weekly stand-up, a whole company. We talk about financials. We're an open book company as well. So we give everybody the score. We talk about what's going on in each department. I said, hey, on your calendars coming up, you'll see I'm going to add some meetings. I just want to do a quick one-on-one with everybody. Again, we can talk shop. We can talk about life. I just want to make sure I connect with everybody in the organization on a recurring basis. And you know, there were probably some, hmm, some curious looks hiding behind Zoom, but I put them on the calendar and we ran with them. And I thought about formalizing agenda. And there was one time I met with several people. There's one, one whole day. And I had a, a question, the question I was going to ask everybody. And then I closed with another one where I said, how would you like these to evolve? Would you like there to be a known agenda? Would you like there to be somewhat of a script? And unanimously people said, no, I just like getting together to talk. So let's get together and we'll talk. And usually in that day, just like you and I in the pre-chatter, you found some threads that you could pull through and I'll find threads in the, either in yesterday leading into today's meetings in the one-on-ones, or I'll find a thread in the first meeting because everybody, people talk, they know each other and, and I'll pull a thread through several of the meetings and it just becomes a lot of fun. So it works out that way. So, and some people, we have things that we carry on conversations about. Um, I'm a crypto hobbyist and there's one person on the team in particular who shares that passion. And so every time he and I get together for one-on-one, we talk about what's going on in crypto. Isn't that fun to find somebody like that just to connect with? And, and it probably brings you energy if I had to guess. Uh, you picked it right. I get my energy from other humans. Yeah, that's fantastic. So um, I'm thinking as you do this, you've added something to your day, but then you know, one of the the things that I love that we kind of talked about ahead of time was creating space for personal and for business growth. But then it, it, at some point you got to stop adding and you've got to take away to create that space. And I've got a, a few clients, you know, they said, it sounds great and they want to create 
I just start small. I'm like, take five minutes a day and and mm. go for a walk or just clear your mind. Don't look at the cell phone. And they say it sounds good, but they just can't find five minutes a day. And then I do have folks that do this and they love it and they can tell a difference in the way they perform at work and the quality of work that they can bring to the table. So, you know, you got these two camps, but I would love to hear from you. What, how do you create space? And um, I feel like you see value in it. So I'm just, I would love to hear your perception on that. There's a ton of value in it. I used to, I used to sort of run and hide from business is what I used to call it. I just need to get out of here for a little bit and, and disappear, disappear into music or other things. And I found as I've evolved as a leader and the business has evolved and everybody on the team has evolved. I find myself needing more space just to be able to back away from things. And whether you said it's just, um, Denise Cavanaugh, um, who's a dear friend, she, she writes just a, a quick reset, um, have something, have something tangible, like these little Chinese things that make noise and have something tangible that you can hold on to that and close your eyes for a bit and just a 30 second reset in between meetings if you need to. But I've also found that I'm on a journey toward mindfulness. Um, some of it has to do with my wife's health over the last few years and her journey for wellness, as well as my own. So I did a two-day mindfulness camp um, at the Search Inside Yourself Leadership Institute. And I, I didn't realize that it was more mindfulness than it was leadership, but walking away, I was changed because of the way the two overlap. And if you can't bring your best self, then you're not going to, you're not going to be a great supporter of the organization. So it's this crazy thing. And you've got to be able to separate yourself from the emotion. In fact, I told you before, I, I recorded a couple of articles before we jumped on. And one of those is about separating yourself from the emotion of the situation. And again, to Anise, she talks about, we all have a bubble around us and we can let other people penetrate the bubble, but we, we, we can decide how we respond to that. And there's a choice to be made. So is there's that split second when somebody's coming at you like a spider monkey where you have to decide how you can handle this. And I had a very irate um, client slash partner on a call about a month ago and hard charging, hard charging, hard charging, bringing you facts, bringing you facts, bringing you facts. These are the facts, Steve. These are the facts. And I realized that I wasn't going to be able to get a word in. And I made a conscious decision to just sit patiently and say, mm -hmm, and yes, from time to time. And I I practice reflective listening at the end. And what I did is I settled my own mind in and I tried not to rise into the situation because cutting him off would have been, would have taken us an entirely different path. And I just, I sort of backed into it and I credit all of the little things I've done over the last several years to seek mindfulness and just seek that peace. So now what I do is I try to just, I try to get out of my own way and into my own head once in a while and things settle down. And um, it's, it's weird. You can find different things in visualizations. I've got some visualizations that I keep from during my wife's uh, situation a few years ago, I sought out the help of a therapist for the first time in my life. And I've got some wonderful visualizations that I still use and they help me find balance and peace. And I think in, in many ways, going back to like coming back from that and changing leadership style, I think there's never one thing. There's always a whole bunch of little things that stack up to say, hey, this is pretty cool. And then you keep adding little things to it. That is fantastic. And I, I could keep talking about the mindfulness because I think it is so important. And it, as you, as I speak with leaders, you begin to hear the kind of this evolution of, of experiences and you begin to hear the, the mindfulness aspect of it and being more present in the meeting and um, having that, that listening skill to be able to receive 
what's being shared and to not try to, you know, attack that other person that, that we would want to. And it's own hard life. sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. It's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not always good at it either. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I'm well-practiced now. In fact, uh, my most recent leadership coach who I've been working with for the last couple of years, one of the, one of the key components was messaging and helping me to message things more appropriately and get into a dialogue that doesn't feel confrontational. And it's worked wonders for, for just my style and, and being able to have tough conversations. It's framing out tough conversations in such a way that help us become less defensive. Because if you come in quick and hard, people are going to get on their heels and they're going to tighten up and you don't want to have that conversation. Does that tie back into the ask more, tell less? It does. It does. Ultimately, the, the framework that Christopher shares is it ends with a question, ultimately laying out some inarguable facts, telling a story and feelings are those things that can't be argued with is what he, he says. And then you, you wrap it into a question at the tail end, which is an open-ended question. It's not a yes, no. And then you start a dialogue and you get so much more information and feedback because you've just told them that you're not upset. You're not challenging them. You're laying out the facts and you're telling yourself a story, but you're admitting that you're vulnerable because you don't have all the facts and all the information. And I, so I can't tell you the number of times I've gone into a situation hearing this side of it and then chasing after it and then finding out I was dead wrong and having to apologize to a dozen people for my my blatant emotion and stupidity. Yeah, Steve, I can relate a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to tell people I was born with a self-destruct button. I tried. I've worked, worked hard my whole life not to press it anymore. <laughs> this is fantastic. I have... Um, I've love getting to listen and learn and uh, take all this in. If someone is interested in learning more about you, Steve, or your, your business be found online. Um, I can only imagine what the mindfulness can do. If you really dig into that and how that applies into the business and supporting your clients and, and hearing what the true needs are. Um, if, if people would like to learn more um, where and how is the best way to get in touch with you? Can I just say all the places on Twitter, I'm Steve Kroll and LinkedIn, I'm Steve Kroll, or just send me an email, Steve at Found Online. I'd love to have the conversation. This is fantastic, Steve. I've really enjoyed our time. Steve Kroll, you are the CEO and co-founder of Be Found Online, found on the web at BeFoundOnline.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Catherine, thank you so much. I've thoroughly enjoyed this. I look forward to follow-up conversations. Absolutely. Hi, welcome to the Business Vitality Podcast. I am your host, Katherine Canty. You can learn more about me and my team at KatherineCanty.com. For more than two decades, I have been able to travel the country and help other people grow their business. From those experiences, I was able to work with a proposal team that generated success 90% of the time for over a decade. We have created a leadership coaching program that is creating 100% measured results as seen by the leaders, peers, and stakeholders. And finally, I have spent nearly a decade in boardrooms, corporate boardrooms, where we are learning what's working and what's not. And more importantly, we're able to take the communication from the boardroom and get it down to the front line so execution is easier to implement. You know, from all these experiences, we created a framework called Business Vitality. 
These are all of the best practices of leaders and, and opportunities that have been coming up decade after decade. And a lot of this stuff has been in practice for more than 20 years, 30 years and beyond. And what we're learning is a lot of these folks that are remaining vital in business today are having to think differently. And to share a quote from one of my CEOs that I've worked with in the past, he told me all day long he can hire folks, but what he needs more of are people who think outside the box. So in an effort to pay it forward and celebrate successes, we are going to be sharing stories of leaders who are thinking differently and remaining vital in business today. Please stick to the end and we will share how you can be a guest on the show. And thanks so much for being here. My team and I just want to say thank you for tuning in to the Business Vitality Podcast. We really appreciate you being here. If you know of another leader, another CEO, a founder who has another success story that they are willing to share and be able to pay it forward, we would love to highlight their stories on this podcast. You can find more information at katherinecanty.com. And in the meantime, if you could take a minute and rate this show, that would be super helpful because that's going to allow more people like you to find us in order to continue to pay it forward. Again, if you need to learn any additional information, we are happy to help. You can find us more at katherinecanty.com. You can also find us on LinkedIn with my name, Katherine Canty. Thanks so much for being here. Mm-hmm.